We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We're still working out our schedule, but I'm thinking Tuesday and Thursdays, perhaps, good days for us, yeah? Yeah, we still got the NBA playoffs going. It's not like the season is over. Everybody in here, everybody that listens are hardcore NBA fans. We know the Warriors going to be active. We know the show's not ending that way. Um, so we're going to keep this going. We're going to hopefully lock in on some specific times. And then, um, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Andy, you there? Yeah, I'm with you. I lost you for a second, but I'm back. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, um, merch store is up. Check that out. And we will be potting regularly. We, we plan to lock in specific times. We'll talk Warriors. We'll talk general NBA. We might even talk a little Bay Area baseball and football here and ooh, there as ooh. needed. But that's, you know, anyway. So let's start with the lead today. The lead today is report. Golden State is not actively shopping James Wiseman, but would listen to offers if an all-star player became available this summer via Mike Scudo. Andy, what are your thoughts on this one? (laughs) I believe his report. I don't know if I believe him. I don't really know him. I don't know what sources he has, but I believe the report is true. I believe the contents of the report are true. Um, I believe that the Warriors do want to... are looking to upgrade, and if that upgrade requires them to trade James Wiseman, that they would 100% do that. Do they want to, Sam? I don't think so. Who wants to trade the number two overall pick after a year? Nobody wants to do that, but I think they've come to the realization that they may have to if they get up. Yeah, I'm... um, You know what's funny to me? This I'm starting to pick up a theme with this front office. We've now seen this front office for eight to 10 years, you know, 10 years, Joe Lacob's been the owner of the team. 
Um, Bob Myers has been here like nine years. Uh, Steve Kerr has been here six or seven years. We, we, we kind of have a general feel for how they like to run things now, right? This reminds me of Joe Lacob saying, I will never trade Monte Ellis. This reminds me of Joe Lacob and Bob Myers adamantly talking about how they didn't sign D'Lo to flip him for assets. Um, it, it just, it's very Warriors-y because no one is asking them. They're just floating it out there. Hey, hey guys, we're really not looking to trade this guy. We really don't want to trade him. Like it, it just... <laughs> It, it, the more I get these leaks that's like only interested in trading an X scenario, the more I am convinced that they are actively in conversation. Oh, Sam sources, Sam sources from the light years podcast. Um, I, you know, I, I, the only pushback I would have from that Sam is that I, I feel like the Lake Cubs were the, the front men for liking James Wiseman. So I think it would be a tough pill to swallow from an ego perspective uh, for them to trade James Wiseman. But from an upgrade perspective, I mean, some of the names that you get thrown out there all the time, and this is not sourced or anything, it's just made up names, Pascal Siakam, right? Paul George, who we'll get to later on this podcast. Like some of these names are like, damn, these are real upgrades. You kind of can't say no. It's not like this is a marginal upgrade like Terrence Ross. Like, that's a name that's thrown out there for some reason. It's like, all right, like, this is not for Terrence Ross. I wouldn't do the trade for Terrence Ross. You wouldn't, nobody in this chat would do the trade for Terrence Ross. We're talking about a trade for an all star caliber player. And I don't a think difference. That, and this, a real this, difference maker. Yeah. Difference maker. And also, I don't think this is an indictment on James Wiseman. Like, I, if this was Anthony Edwards, I think they, they still have to look at that. If this was, I don't know, like any player, I guess LaMelo Balls would almost be pretty untouchable. But like, I don't think there's an indictment on, on, on James Wiseman and his future. It's just, it's, it is what it is, right? Yeah. So, so, so in my opinion, part of this is also that there are no big time stars who are available. Like it's not the summer of, 2016 where everyone knows Kevin Durant's a free agent or it's not like 2019 where it's like is Kawhi gonna resign and what's Paul George doing and what's Jimmy Butler doing it's kind of a weird time where you know Giannis is committed long term Bradley Beal hasn't really indicated he wants out um, some of the younger stars that, you know, maybe you think are leaving like a Towns, maybe a Ben Simmons, those guys, they're like locked up for four or five years. It's not like there's anyone obvious. So that's kind of also why I think the Warriors are trying to leverage like this, because like, you don't have a situation where like, uh, you know, Joel Embiid has publicly come what? out and said, like, trade me, trade me, because then the Warriors could get like actively aggressive. So they don't want to make it seem like they're shopping one. Coming into this, I thought about this this morning, Sam, because the the Warriors seem to like to think that they're planning ahead all the time and they're ready to get like with KD. They kind of knew or had an inkling that they're going to prepare for him a year in advance. Right. It wasn't like, oh, KD wants to leave now. Let's hurry up and figure out how we can get KD. Right. They kind of knew. And then now it's more like, oh, you're not going to get Giannis. You're not going to get Embiid. You kind of have to pivot and figure something out. Like I think of the Niners. Like, if the Niners knew that Julio Jones was going to come on the market, I feel like they would have traded that extra third. Like, they probably could have kept that extra third in the trade-up for Trey Lance. So, if they had known Julio was going to request a trade, I feel like they probably would have just said, all right, well, I'm, we want to keep this third. But you never know what's going to happen. And I think the Warriors, like, you don't know what's going to happen. 
And sometimes you just got to say, well, either you wait till next year for Anthony Towns or whomever or Joel Embiid, or you just kind of push your chips in for a Pascal Siakam who isn't. Anthony Towns, but he may help you get over the hump anyway, right? You got you can wait for Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or whatever, but like by those guys way, are babies. Have, yeah. By the way, we have no indication that Siakam's getting traded. It's no, well, it's just our well, favorite name. It's our favorite name. It, it just what? people are people are assuming that uh, Toronto oh. may want to blow it up. So ah, that's okay. why he's you know a little more. His name's coming up a little more often, but. Uh, with that said, my timeline today was a buzz discussing Paul George. Uh, the Clippers are down 0-2. <laughs> I just saw Serge Ibaka may not play game three. And he barely played the first two games. And if you look at the splits, they're absolutely getting torched when Zubac is in there. They're getting torched with basically any lineup but Ibaka lineups. There's a realistic chance the Clippers could have a really disgusting early exit again. And that starts opening up the question of, are they a team who may be forced to make some moves? Because it's like two years in a row with your big Kawhi, Paul George, uh, you know, we're, we're going to take L.A., we're going to be the best team in the league. And they're not even close. Not even close. Disgusting. By the way, can we just talk about that for a second? Just you have Kawhi Leonard, who's a presumably a top five player in the NBA easily, finals MVP twice, like two, three tight. I don't even know what the number is. He's an incredible basketball player. You telling me he can't get out of the first round, and then they choke last year to the Denver Nuggets. It's not like you're it's not like you're losing a three and one lead to LeBron Kyrie and those guys. Like you're it's to freaking bubble Jamal Murray. It's disgusting. Um yeah, it's bad. Right, Sam, just from a perspective of this Clippers team, it is bad. I get it. The the Mavs get hot. They got a great player in, in Luka Doncic, but that's unacceptable. And and that's uh, how can they come back together? H- how if they lose this series? I don't I don't get it. I, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't know either. But let's, so let's let's play the hypothetical game here. There we go. I saw there some go. I saw some backlash on this one. Uh oh. Would you trade James Wiseman, the Wolves pick, maybe even some future picks, basically the entire kind of war chest of assets, whatever you want to call it, right? For plus, obviously, Wiggins to make the salaries work. For Paul uh, George, Sam, did you know my dad used to be an airport shuttle driver back in the back in the day? He had a lot of odd jobs. He used to be an airport shuttle driver. So I, in this scenario, I'm just gonna follow my dad's footsteps. I'm driving these motherfuckers to the airport. Andrew Wiggins, James, uh, James Wiseman. Jordan, you want throwing Jordan Poole? Throwing Jordan Poole. Minnesota pick. I don't know how you could drive that to the uh, – Scotty Barnes, drive him. Take him, right? Send all these guys. Like, it, we're talking about Paul George, who is he's kind of a, he's kind of a joke. Right? He's kind of a running joke, but he's pretty freaking good at basketball. Top 20 player in the league, right? Yeah, top, I feel like, top 20 I feel player like in the people league. are letting I'm the j- perception – I feel like people are letting the perception of – Paul George having a couple um, high-profile playoff failures. And uh, let's be real about it. He has a propensity to put his foot in his mouth with the quotes. <laughs> it's like the combo of that stuff. They're letting it um, kind of color who he is as a player. And that's not really realistic in terms of – like he is – Probably closer to the 10th best player than the 20th best player, to be honest, in the league. I mean, I'm just like, okay. You love Fiji. 
You no, but PG. is he is he good enough to be the best player in a title team? No. Let's be real about that. Like, no, but like here are things he does do. He averages 25 a game. He shoots 40% from Incredible three on shooter. like eight yep. a game. Yep. Outside of Steph and Clay, he is as good a high volume three-point shooter as there is in the league. He shoots at a higher clip than Harden or Dame Lillard. Um Sheesh. He averages four to five assists a game. He is a little bit of a ball stopper, but he's also he's a competent enough passer. He is a phenomenal defender. I mean, I feel like the issues with Paul George are mostly that people want him to be Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he's just not, he's just not that guy. He's he's got a little like I, I always call Wiggins PG light, where you're like you'd think with all that athleticism you get to the rim a little more. But you know he just he just I, loves that jumper, just loves <laughs> it to death. But yeah. So you make that point, which I think is pretty important. Um, I I think that Paul George is probably like a he's similar to Clay Thompson in that I I always said Clay is better just because I feel like Clay's more of a killer. Just you watch him in playoff games, you're like this guy's not scared. Paul George, I don't I don't know. But again, it's like also, you're not the, the difference between um being a a very, very, very good shooter and an all-time shooter oh, is kind is kind of a is pretty kind important of a big deal. Yeah. Pretty important, but it's like, does Paul George need to do anything? So Paul George's weaknesses are he doesn't get to the rim in crunch time when he's the second when he's the second scorer on that team. They don't really have or a point guard score. that or the top yeah. score. They don't have a point guard that gets him the ball. Right? He's not much of a leader. Um, but beyond that, so those are the three problems. You know what team is perfect to fix all those problems, right? Like you got Steph Curry, you got Draymond. He doesn't have to do everything defensively. And you've got Clay Thompson spacing the floor next to him. So he has more space to actually get to the hole. It's not like he's going one-on-one every possession now, especially with Steph and Clay back. So I think like if you slot him in as the third score on the team, I mean, what are we talking about here? Right. Second or third, two, a two B. He's, he's the yeah, he's he's a uh, he's a better scorer than Clay, but um, but it's like he, but you can, but you can argue like he's the second scorer on the on the Clips too. But like it's but different. The, it's different. That's also the beauty of Clay because Clay can yes. kind of float between being the yes. third and the first option depending yep. on how he's feeling on a specific night because he never pounds the ball. Like yep. that's kind of always been yep. the beauty of Clay. It's like oh, he's feeling it. Let's let's get him. He's getting fifty. Oh, he's not. That's cool too. He'll, he'll like take a few less shots. Well, he might not take a few less shots, but let's, he's not pounding the rock either way. Wait, let's so, let's ro- let's roll this backwards. I want to hear your thoughts on this because we're not done here yet. Why do you feel like you? Because I already said my take. I think you agree with me. But why do you feel like you know it's okay? You trade Wiggins, Wiseman, Poole. Like I'm sure people will say that's too much. Like why why do you think it's not? Because Steph Curry is one of the three best players in the league. And he's 33 years old. And I think you it's better to go all in right now and just deal with the fact you're going to have to do a rebuild in 2025 than to try to do this thing where you play both sides and you never really are awful, but you never really have enough to compete. Like by the time... Wiseman and this Wolves pick, let's just call it Scotty Barnes. By the time those guys are ready to be difference makers in like an elite playoff setting, Steph might be 37 years old and he's not really. And at that point he wouldn't be good enough to be the best player in a title team anymore anyway. So it's kind of like you're biting the bullet that like maybe in 2025, you got to watch a, you know, 20, 
five and fifty-seven team or like a twenty and six yeah. team. But you have a shot to get one, maybe two more chips over the next three years. And it, at worst, you're positioning yourself to be one of the four to five best teams per Vegas. You know, you could have bad luck every year. You could have bad luck with health every year come playoff time, but you'd at least have a real shot. Whereas running it back without those guys and with Clay coming off the Achilles, I don't know how much of a real shot. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think the future is anytime somebody says mortgaging the future, that to me tells me that it's like a um, it's like an imaginative future. If the future was you're telling me Cade Cunningham, then I would tell you, Sam, I would think about that. Right. I would maybe want someone better than Paul George. But this imaginative future that Warriors fans or whomever are saying that the Warriors shouldn't give away. It's fake. It's it's like a, it's like crypto when it's at seventy k. It's going to fall back to thirty, right? And I know, look, I hey, I'm, I'm invested. I love it. All right, I feel like it's going back to eighty, but but like it's at seventy. You don't have the money. Once it goes back down, it's not real. It's not like whatever it is that you think is coming. It's not real. You know what's real? Paul George. Even though I don't think he's that great, he is. He's awesome. Like and, and the him. other thing, the other thing with James Wiseman is just based off of what I've seen. We're we're talking about a player who is with the meniscus tear probably three years away from being Ugh. what DeAndre Ayton is right now. And DeAndre Ayton is he's good. He's better than I thought he'd be, but I still don't think he's anywhere near good enough to be the second or third best player in a contender today. He could get there. But this is this is my point. Like James Wiseman getting to the level in which you're like he's one of the two to three core pieces that competes for a title. Steph Steph's going to be 37 years old by the time that happens. Like you're, you're, you're basically punting competing. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, I think, I also think maybe we cap off with this on this topic. I also think the Warriors would do it. I, I think the Warriors would make that trade if that trade was in front of them. Um, do you disagree? No, I don't. Um, Everything with the Warriors right now, like we got like getting back to the initial rumor where they're not shopping James Wiseman, but would listen if an all-star came up. It's all posturing. It's all like, it's all because there's no one who looks like they're obviously about to demand out of their situation right now. So there's another reason for Warrior fans to be really into watching the playoffs beyond the fact that if you're a Warriors fan, you're a basketball fan and the playoffs are always fun to watch. See, see which teams have collapses, see which teams look like, uh, you know, they're going down in flames and they're going to be forced to make a decision, be it a player asking out or the front office being like, this isn't going to work. We better shake it up. Otherwise someone will ask out really soon. So, yeah, as DJ Fresh says in the mentions, watch for the chaos. <laughs> I want uh, uh, let's uh, let, let, let me tie this into one last thing. And then how do you feel about opening it to questions? Let's do it. OK, so that brings me to I was going to say, who should Warrior fans be rooting for in the playoffs? Um, let's do it that way. Uh, outside of the Clippers. What team should Warrior fans be rooting for to collapse to open up trade options? My, I, you know, who I would like to have seen collapse sneakily was the Miami Heat, but I, I just feel like Jimmy Butler is probably not going anywhere. Um, so you look at the team that they're playing. <laughs> uh, I am rooting for them. I, I think they are better than they are last year, obviously, because they have Drew. 
And I think Giannis is better than he was the last few years just because of you know, what happens when you get older and you lose a lot, uh, especially heartbreaks. You learn how to navigate through those in tough times. So he's probably going to be better in crunch time. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it be interesting, though, Sam, if, if they lost to the Miami Heat the way that they lost to Toronto Raptors a few years ago when they went up 2-0 and you kind of thought, well, the Warriors are going to play Giannis and they're going to they play have these a, guys. They have it figured out. They're going to move on. Yep. Yeah. What if they don't? Right. What if they don't? Right? That's, what, a, what, yeah. that's a fair point. What do you think? I, th- I think um, in terms of Warriors trade options, the Clippers are the most obvious one. Um, I don't think this will happen. But if Philly collapses in the second round, if Philly doesn't, if Philly doesn't advance, they have to start looking at the Embiid Simmons thing. Like brought in a new coach, new GM, new energy. Everything looks good. If it's the same old Philly in the playoffs this year, uh, I don't know if the Warriors have the package to pull off a trade there, but they would there would be some mounting pressure to, to shake that situation up. So that's the other one I'm looking at. Uh, the final one is you kind of potentially pray for the Nets to run through everyone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay, okay. Walk because, me through this one. Because if the Nets, or even, if the Nets look like a juggernaut, you're going to see other players being like, I don't have a shot here. Get me to a team with more talent. It's like the Warriors. Remember when the Warriors won in in 16-17 and they just ran through the league? You started seeing guys being like, we got to team up if we have a shot at taking these guys off. You saw like Chris Paul looking around being like, I need a better you know co-star than Blake Griffin. And he goes to Houston. You saw like Paul George demand out of Indy being like, I'm in a dead-end situation. You saw a lot more activity. When there's a juggernaut, players who think they're good enough to compete for a title, mostly like the top 10 to 15 players in the league, they're going to start assessing their options a little more and seeing maybe if they can force their way to a situation where it's them and another superstar, in the Warriors' case, let's say Steph Curry. And that's really what's going to do it. So maybe the best scenario for the Warriors would be like the Nets doing like some sort of insane run where the rest of the league's like, yeah, dude, I need to team up with like another legitimate superstar. Here's the thing. I mean, and, then, and I thought you were going Nets collapse. I mean, that would be pretty funny, too. I don't know how that helps the Warriors. I just think it'd be funny because uh, you've got three guys that are pretty. I mean, you're talking about uh, like three guys. You just never know where they are mentally. I mean, it's it's Kyrie. It's Harden. and it's KD. But I'm watching this team and uh, I got to be honest with you, Sam. If they get through the Bucks. I don't see them lose. Like I don't see them losing a series. Like, I'm, like not even close to losing a series. I don't see get, like this series getting the six. Much of the Lakers' offense, and I'm like, how are they? How are they? You know, one they rely on their defense. How are they guarding that team? Right? If you're talking about Lakers versus Nets. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. I just think this Nets team. What you're saying is, I think there's a shot they run through this. Um, they were. I think their toughest matchup is going to be the Bucks. Like, if they get to play the Bucks, it'll be the Bucks. That's their toughest matchup. There's really no no other team that I think can stop them. Um, they either can't score on them. Or they can't defend them. Uh, it's gonna be it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's I'm, I'm ahead. I'm ahead. We'll do a well, lot more plots. Both, like this, the, both the Bucks and Lakers are running into the same issue, which is like I think they have the highest ceilings, but I don't know if their bodies are going to last for two months through the playoffs. Like the Nets goes without saying what their season's been through, and then the Lakers <laughs> true, with LeBron and AD, they haven't they haven't been fully healthy. But you LeBron know, LeBron doesn't look good. We'll, we'll see how those chips. Yeah, we'll see. 
Real sports fans love fantasy sports, but unfortunately, most fantasy sports platforms don't show that same love back, favoring the sharks and professionals over the casual fans. Superdraft Fantasy Sports is here to change that narrative with their new single game featured champion mode contest. Focus on drafting the players you know from the games that matter to you with no salary cap considerations when determining your lineup. Superdraft believes that the players, not the pros, deserve to win money and they have the highest player. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Win percentage and DFS to prove it. Sign up with Superdraft today, start playing, and win big. New players can use the code STEPHBETTER upon sign up and receive a $25 instant match on your first deposit. Also, don't miss out on their free to play sports book available in all 50 states to win prizes from a VIP stay at a Caesars Hotel property to a PlayStation 5. Superdraft is available on both iOS and Android devices. Promo code STEPHBETTER. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash lightyears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Let's take some, uh, let's bring some callers. We're going to give away a t-shirt to the best caller of the day. How's that sound? Let's get started. OZ, Uh-oh. sir. Off What's up, guys? Zero. How's it going? What's up, brother? Pretty good. How you doing? Uh, all right. You know, now that the uh, season's over and we can do this whole summer off-season mapping yes. out thing like we did last time. 
Yes. We can just reuse it. I mean, if, if you just put the same pods out with the dates changed, would anyone notice? <laughs> the same issues. I mean, we're still we're talking, talking about Miles Turner. We're talking so. about Aaron Gordon again. Yeah, yeah same thing. Same. So, uh, to touch on your conversation earlier, that when the Dubs didn't trade Ubre, I don't know if they realized this, but they kind of made it so they had to trade Wiseman just because if you look at the cap sheet, they have a bunch of guys making like 25, 30, 35 million. They have a bunch of guys making nothing. And the only guy making a medium amount of money is Wiseman at 8 million. So forget the whole, like, is he going to be good? What's his value? You kind of just need the 8 million just to get stuff done. So if you're going to get a superstar, yeah, sure. You're going to need Wiggins or Dre or whatever to make the money work. But if you're shopping in the mid range, which is probably more realistic than getting Kawhi or Ben Simmons or whatever, you just literally, you, you, you need the 8 million. So, would you trade? Would, would you trade James Wiseman for less than an All Star caliber player for someone yes. who? Because um, all the players we're mentioning are players who make very like max contracts, very or something in that range. Yeah, those. I mean, those guys. Okay, put it this those way: guys, if yeah. you're not going to, tr- if you have the opportunity to, to bring Paul George in, and you're not going to do it because you believe in some future fifteen percent chance of being good in the future, kind of bullshit. Just trade Steph now and like rip the bandaid off. Just. Just <laughs> quit. Quit now. We will. Trade staff. We will. We will not uh, entertain this scenario. No. So get yes, the you have to trade Wiseman <laughs> because this is this goes back to the Twitter discourse you talked about earlier. What's a championship worth, right? Well, that's, that's what it comes down to, right? If you have a shot at winning a championship now, and it actually makes and trading Wiseman makes you even five percent, ten percent more likely to do it, and it's not an all star, but it's like a let's say it's let's say it's. You're going to hate this, so don't... Andy, don't get mad. You guys saw that the Harrison Barnes talk we had on the Discord, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Why don't you, uh, why don't you um, recap it for those who don't subscribe to Preach? Yeah, sure. So they can understand why... This, this, is what we, this is what the Discord and I did. We looked at everyone making 15 to 20 million, because that's the kind of salary you can actually do without Wiggins or without Clay or Dre. And the amount of people making that much money that are actually... Number one can shoot. Number two can defend like a little bit. Number three, play a two, three, four type of position. The amount of people making making that amount of money that does all those things basically is a tiny yeah. amount of people, right? So who's a guy you can get without moving Wiggins, Dre, or Clay and is, is available? Let's put it that way, right? Because we want Bradley we want Bradley Beal, but Bradley Beal doesn't want to get traded. So what are you going to do? Harrison Barnes, the Kings would give that dude away for probably not even the Minnesota pick. They'd probably do it for Wiseman shit because you know Vivek loves former Warriors. So let's put it this way then. If you could get Harrison Barnes for Wiseman and like, you know, a bunch of filler stuff like Looney and Smilajic is expiring or whatever like that, you kind of have to do it, right? I mean, I would shit. He's a 3-4. He knows the system. He can shoot. He's actually shooting like 63% true shooting, which is insane. So I'm not even going to look at the chat. The chat's yelling at me saying I'm crazy, but can you name another player making $22 million? That does I don't, everything he does. That's I don't know. I don't I know. Do I'm just Harrison. throwing it out there. I don't know if I can do it for Harrison Barnes. I would honestly rather look at trading Wiggins for Harrison Barnes, but they're not going to take thirty million though. That's the problem. That's yeah, we're back to I the same thing, you, right? Who can you who can you get without having to put Wiseman in the, or Wiggins in the deal because he makes thirty million? Who's actually good that doesn't make that much and is available without the full package? 
I don't I, know. I hear you. Let's, if you can let's, find a better um, idea, I'll, I'm, I'm listening. But I'm just well. I, I, I think I think the pro I think the problem is that a lot of people are saying Brogdon. The problem is Brogdon's really freaking good, and you're not. Yes. And they're not. And they're I'll not going. But I'll but take they're Brogdon, not. Warren Turner. Same, <laughs> we, we all we all do the same names. We all do the same. We we all look the same list. If right? Brogdon will just cost more. Like that's the okay. thing. He'll just he'll, he's really good. Let me he's flip really it good let me, at let me flip, let me flip it this way. If Barnes had never been a warrior and he just saw the stats of his last few years. Wouldn't your opinion of him change? Not really. I think he's a good really? player. He can't. Okay. He doesn't create his own shot particularly well. Like to I me, know. the thing the Warriors need more than anything. I guess. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll get there. Um, I don't want to give up all their assets for anything less than a playmaker, someone who can actually create their own shot in a playoff setting. Uh, because I don't think they can win a title with Steph being the only guy who's able to create his own shot. And they're well, really only going to get one. They're only going to, they're only going to get one shot at that period. Now, like, obviously you bring in, you had Kevin Durant, you have Kevin Durant with Steph, like that's a dynasty caliber team. Now they're going to be looking at players who are not quite as good at KD as doing it. But like Harrison Barnes is just, there's not a nice way to say this. Like he's a very high end role. You're, you're you're still relying on Clay Thompson at that point to be your second. I get it though. I, I get I get what your what Ozzy is saying. It does make you better. He, it like, does objectively. Objectively, yes. objectively, you will be a better team next year with him on the roster. I just don't think it puts you over the top. And now you're in a situation where you're. Um, there's a middle. I guess there's a middle ground between not willing to trade your assets for anything less than Joel Embiid and cashing him in for Harrison Barnes. And that's all I want Wait, to say. What if it doesn't take the pick? What if it just takes Wiseman? I assume this is not taking the Minnesota pick as well. I, no, it's, the, no, no picks yeah. at all. Would you do it for just Wiseman and Filler? No picks. Mm, no. Really? No, Even I, with no I'm, picks? Okay. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's getting you past. It, it's getting you out of the West. That not with Clay coming off of an Achilles, not with, Draymond being unable to make a layup on an open rim, not with Andrew Wiggins being Wiggins. You're now locking yourself into being just a very solid team who the better defenses will just triple team staff. I mean, like, I think that I think that could be a Western Conference Finals team. I, I don't know how you win that. But I, I think I think the point and I and I think the point is that the team gets better. That is true. I think James Wiseman in a vacuum for Harrison Barnes, you could make that argument. That cannot be uh, disputed against. Um, what I maybe think is the case here is you may just want to have to hold out to see if there's someone better. Like there's if that's the only option, one you know, maybe aspect. you have to. Yeah. One more aspect. Harrison Barnes' contract goes down. It goes from twenty two. Yeah. It goes from twenty. So where where does it say that we have to hold on to Harrison Barnes forever? I hear you. I hear you. Well, you can that flip would you require Kirk. If you keep all the picks, you can flip them again, and you have right, a let me better. Ask you, let me. I'm going to leave it at this, Jose. We re, we really do appreciate you. I actually think this is a really interesting debate, but I want to move this forward to someone else. I think my line of demarcation on this move is: I'm not trading Wiseman for a player who I can't see making an All Star team at some point in their career. And Harrison Barnes is just not that. You know, I don't. It's not about the individual accolades or anything like that, but like you got to have a line somewhere, and that's where my line is. Jeez, now I sound like the Warriors front office. I it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a name that's really hard to argue for or against. Like it's just 
it's I think it makes the team better. Like it's a pragmatic move that I think that makes sense. Uh, I just don't know how far it gets you. And then I also think that I think there's a shot that you can get a better player than Harrison Barnes. I don't think with Wiseman or those guys, you can get a Bradley Beal end of day or Joel Embiid end of day. But like, I think give me a, we give should me be a shot. Give me a shot creator. Well, I, I just, be, I just I, think I, shot I keep going to Pasco Siakam. I, I just think that's the name this offseason. Like, I think that's the name. I think Warriors fans are going to be disappointed if they want Paul George. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe so, but I think the name is Siakam where it's right under, right under an all-star, but like, he's better than Harry B. Um, Siakam has been an all-star by the way. So that's kind of my point. You yeah. know, it's like, you don't think bad year. He's, not a, su- he, he's yeah. not a superstar. You know, he, he's, he's not good enough to be the best player in a title team, but that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about a guy who, you know, is good enough to be one of like the 25 best players in the league can create his own shot. It's a little ugly sometimes in Siakam's case, but he can do it, can create for others. In Siakam's case, you'd be getting the higher-end defender. I think he hits I – th- I think – I mean, for me, that's a no-brainer in terms of talent. That, that That's where the line is. Let's get some callers up. All right. Hey, Sam and Andy. Um, hey, Jack, what's up, man? So I just had a – well, I have a proposal, but before that, I'm curious to know your take on this. You've – seen that interview with uh, Bob Myers and how he said, you know, a reporter asked him, you know, what's the limit that you guys are willing to spend next year? And Bob was like, yeah, 400 is well past the limit. And he said, you would have to fire me if, you know, we spend that much and don't win a championship. So having said that and looking at our situation, because I just want to put something out there. If you let Kelly Oubre walk, okay, just don't sign and trade him for another play. Just let him walk and you sign your two draft picks, right? The Minnesota pick and your own 14th pick. Just sign them on. And this is excluding the mid-level exception and the veteran minimum that you have. You're close to $396 million as it is in, in um, debt. And if you sign Kelly Oubre, sign and trade Kelly Oubre and get another play on return, you're looking at close to $500 million. I mean... That's just like a gigantic sum of money that I just don't know how realistic it is that's expected that Lakeup, I know he pays, but is he willing to pay half a billion dollars in tax? I mean, that's crazy. Having said that, that's why, in my honest opinion, having a sign and trade for Kelly Oubre, it, I think the most realistic option is to get a TPE back in return at this point. And I think what they're honestly trying to do is package it all together. Wiggins, Wiseman, the picks, and go for a max level player. Whether that's Siakam, wonderful. Whether that's Paul George, even better. But I think that's how, if they make that move, that's when they go back onto earth, basically, levels of uh, cap. So just curious to know your take on that. That's a great. That's a great. Felt like he was reading off a sheet or something. That was incredible. Like he had it all mapped out with like problem statement, summary, solution, all of it. (laughs) It's incredible. Sam, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Two things to note: 2024, Clay and Draymond's contracts are up. Neither one of them will get maxes on their next contract. Oh, you think? Um, You think? (laughs) (laughs) Um. So any luxury tax issue the Warriors are running into is a two to three year problem. It's a lot of money. Chase Center, when fully, well, basically when the pandemic's over and we can get fans back in. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're talking, I think the number I saw was they clear 30 mil in profits game. It might might be 20. I mean, it's, 
it's more than MSG. It's more than staples. They don't have an issue with paying it. No one wants to run up a luxury tax bill in the billions. But the point is, if they're going to have to eat a ridiculous luxury tax bill, it's really only going to be for a couple of years. And I think it's planned out that way. Um, the other reason I don't, just don't think they're going to have a ridiculous luxury tax bill after 2024 is like Steph will be 36, Clay will be 34, Draymond will be 34. At that point, if guys are not taking, well, you know, it, I'm just saying they may just let guys walk at a certain point if they're just aging and looking that way. Right now, you know, they're they're still very much in the age of competition is what I'm saying. They're not like at a path over the hill age. Like obviously with yeah. Clay, there's health complications, but you know, we're talking three years that they have to deal with this. Yeah. I mean, you look, Paul George, Paul George has a pretty sweet, you know, deal. 39 mil. He, he also next year, 42, 42, 48, you know, he also runs 25, 2025. He yeah. also runs through about that same period of time. The point is this team is very expensive <laughs> for the next two, three years. Um, there's no reason to think it will continue to be expensive after 2020, 24, 25. Like I just, you know, they can make those decisions when they get there. We're talking about the next two to three year window. It's, it's cost of doing business too. I think it's, it's look, you've got a team that could win a championship these next two, three years. You pay the tax. Um, You got, you got to figure that out. Now, the problem, I think you talked about the team making 30 million a game, uh, you know what's you know what would have been cool, Sam, if they were still playing playoff games right now, that would have been yeah. cool. They would have made some. They would have made a little bit of money. You think like they would have made a little yeah. bit if they were playing, you know, a little home, you know, two home games at least, right? In the in the postseason, would have been nice. But uh, no, they're sitting at home. I'm sure, Lakeup's not happy about that. And uh, I think that's one of the things that I think if you're worried about the team, maybe not chasing wins next season. I disagree. I think this team has kind of figured. Well. People are coming in next season. It's going to be full, and we got to win, or people won't come to games. We can make some money, and now we have trade chips to do so. Clay's going to be back. I do think it kind of works all together this offseason for that to happen. They just need some people to become available and healthy. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Rishi, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for doing this as usual. Um, so, I don't want to be too negative, but I feel like the Warriors are in like basketball purgatory. And the reason they're in basketball purgatory is they have all these expensive contracts. They don't have as many trade assets as we really think they have. I think the idea that OZ brought up of like getting Harrison Barnes and maybe repackaging him later is like a realistic idea. But I don't think this front office has like any one skill and two like just I don't know, the creativity to like come up with ideas of like piecing together a championship winning team around Steph. And instead they're like waiting back and like trying to find this like home run grand slam, like win of like a Giannis or even a Siakam and stuff like that. And I, I don't see how we like get out of this existing, like the situation, like waiting for one of these like pot- potential all-star type players to like fall to us. Well, one of it is clay. If clay is healthy, that'll just raise the floor I mean, of their even, performance. Like, even, that'll put them in a, that'll put them in a better situation in terms of being able to do things. I do hear what you're saying. Um, that's also why they're probably saying what they're saying with wise. They have the number two overall pick who, no matter how disappointing you found his rookie year, he's still, 
very talented and very young. They have two lottery picks this year. Yeah, like individually, those are not the most attractive assets, but they could be. You don't know what they will be at this point. So to say they don't have anything, it's it's not fair. It's they they're probably middle of the road with the assets, to be honest. Yeah, that's like that's probably more accurate than saying they have nothing. I I just think that like this this waiting for like a big swing is like not going to end up working out well, and it feels a lot like the Giants, where like they would always be second on whatever free agent or whatever uh, whatever free agent was available, and they were like, the they Boston were Celtics. literally second for Avery Bradley and Marcus All. So you're right, they were literally right. second. Like I mean, you have to give credit to Sam on this. Where like two years ago, you were saying like the Warriors are making forever giant moves, and like honestly, this is working out the same exact way. I give Sam yeah, well, no credit. I, wish, I, give I Sam wish I was no wrong credit. on that one. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you. You're getting you are getting the shirt for the compliment. Jesus, unreal, <laughs> unreal. Why am I not surprised? Um, yeah, DM uh, the Light Years Twitter account uh, your mailing info, and we'll get that taken care of in the next week. We owe a lot of people shirts. We're going to get them all out. We're going to get them all out. The shirts are supposedly getting printed in this next week or so. So that's, that's step one to actually getting people shirts. All right. (laughs) A couple more callers and we'll keep it. And then we'll keep it going. Ty, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Y'all. How y'all doing? Hey, Ty. Hey. Um, so I guess, um, I got, I have a, I have a comment and then I have, um, a question. So Mm -hmm. my comment is, I think, uh, as a fan base, I think, um, we kind of we're kind of like a battered uh like a battered domestic abuse victim like we're Johnny Depp in this bitch <laughs> Jesus like um, okay we're just we're we're afraid to we're afraid to hope we're afraid to believe like I think it's a little disrespectful the idea that like Wiseman is gonna be terrible and Draymond will never be able to make a layup again and Clay Thompson is gonna be in a walking boot for the rest of his life and it's all over and whatever whatever and if you don't get had a string uh, a of bad luck every, yeah yeah I, know, right, I, yeah I get what you're saying yeah, yeah I think, think it's I, and I whatever get it. I get it though I really I honestly get it I think however though I'm and call me whatever uh you get Steph Clay and Dre some goons I think you have a shot I don't necessarily like I'm not uh, I'm not convinced that this top heavy basketball is necessarily the wave, but that leads to my question. Um, to me, I felt for a couple of years that this whole, like the current uh, structure of the CBA feels untenable. Like the Supermax thing didn't work. Like you can't have a contender unless you're fleecing players or you're way over the cap. Like, do you think when the next CBA comes, A, that the owners are going to like extract their, their revenge because they've been bitched by the players, which, you know, I'm anti-capitalist word up, but and B, do you think it's going to affect the way the Warriors plan their next couple of years? Oh, that's, that's a Sam a, question through and through. That right is a, Ty, that is a great question. I, I appreciate it. I think actually the league likes the structure because the max contracts and just kind of the way the luxury tax is so punitive, it makes it really hard to keep a team together for a long period of time. Like, that's a reason LeBron has to keep moving teams because he knows if he stays with one team, inevitably he's going to have to go through a down period um, like Steph is going through right now. He, the, the cap just starts constricting your ability to do things and players get older and worn down. I mean, we had the Heat dynasty the first half of the OOs. We had the Warner dynasty the second half of the – sorry, the, the 10s. Do we call it the 10s, Andy? I, don't, I, I never know what to call it. Anyway, the decade, and now we're into – a different period of time and it's like i think this is what the league wants they want 
teams to have their four to five year window. And then, as I like to say, keep them moving. So um, I, I don't know that the league will be opposed to this in any capacity. I do think they're going to come for the players because, well, that's how negotiations always go. Now, I do, to go back on some of Ty's points there about the the big three and the, and the goons, I do think there's something to be said about that because you watch – you watch Steph and Draymond and you kind of see in a one game playoff how close they are to the Lakers. I don't know in a seven game series how close they are, but you kind of think like sometimes you look at Steph, Clay, and you look at those three guys and you're like, well, they're not seven feet tall KD or nor they are they seven feet tall AD, right? They're not, they're not huge like Joel Embiid or Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like those guys, those three guys look like normal dudes. And I think a lot of the times people look at those guys and think, yeah, they always kind of need one more guy to win a title, right? But I think he's right. Those three guys plus some filler guys are very good. I just think what Warriors fans want is they want the a little bit more of a certainty on let's just try to keep getting more players outside of that. We still need one more guy regardless, right? There's nothing wrong with getting better um, even when you have those three guys. And I think when you do have this, this is where I disagree kind of with, the, with Rishi is that you, you have chips. You have chips. I'm assuming that they're going to have the number six pick and the number 14th pick. Like, those are decent lottery picks. There are going to be teams out there that want that. And James Wiseman, for how we feel about him, still has some trade value out there. Like, those are guys that... The issue with with Wiseman is um, if you want to win next year, he's not your guy. But if you're like, a long-term view, he's a super attractive prospect. Especially, like, if you're OKC. So I guess I think, like, the point I'm getting at in a long-term way is that you have some chips, push them all in. Like, there's just no, like, I don't think people disagree with that. You have to. You have to because with those three, with Steph, when are you, when are you, not even, Sam, not even the next time you get a next Steph, when are you going to get another Draymond? When are you going to get another Clay Thompson? Like, I'm not even talking about Steph. I'm just talking about the other two guys. When are you going to get three guys that are, like, that fit and play with each other so well? That's true. Like, there's um, no, never. All right. Yeah, I, they need another ball hammer. They need someone who can create a shot. I'm not moving off of that, but. All right. Correct. Correct. Keeping this moving. Tommy. Ooh. Tommy, what's up, man? Thanks for being what? patient. Yeah, of course. Of course, guys. Um, I think right from the top, what I want to say is I think Harrison Barnes is one of the best players that I wouldn't trade Wiseman for. Um, really good player, but I I guess there's one scenario where I would, but I don't trust the front office to be this shrewd. I would trade Wiseman for Barnes and filler if that if we also go get like Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner on top of that with Wiggins and assets but I don't think like like Rishi kind of hinted to I don't think this front office is smart enough to do that or at least I don't think they can I don't think they could pull off that uh Indiana Pacers move without trading without having Wiseman period you don't think so so. even even if let's say they get I don't know the picks end up at like six and ten um there's still no way I think Brogdon is they're both really good players on really good contracts there's just not a lot of guys who play at their level who aren't um making more money than them and so I think I think trying to pull off both those moves is pie in the sky a little bit for sure although I do see where you're going with it and it doesn't necessarily have to be those guys it's more just can we get three solid players in the door with the assets that we currently have three or four solid players because I think like uh, I think it was Ty he was on he was saying going for like the max guys might not necessarily be the move just get three or four really good players in the door and I think all this looks a lot different one of them I agree has one of them has to be a shot creator like that is a requirement 
but it can be a guy I think on the level of, and this is a name that I keep bringing up, Bogdan Bogdanovich. And he's not going to be available, I don't think. He looks really good in Atlanta, but just somebody on that level. Um, and that those are the guys that I really think they should be going after because PG is not going to become available. And if he is, obviously, they should go get him. But I don't think those type of guys are really going to become available. Um, the one that might is Ben Simmons, but good luck playing Ben Simmons and Draymond together. Like, that's never going to work. He'd at least oh, finish the layup. I can't wait. I, I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. Yeah. But, um, um, <laughs> I, what I really wanted to come on and ask is, uh, Sam, you mentioned that Draymond and Clay are both up in 2024. Do you guys think there's a chance Steph signs a one plus one? Because Lakeup has been at best non-committal in some ways to signing Steph to a lot of money. Um, and honestly, disrespectful nah. in other ways, if you look look at some of the comments, I'm just I'm just looking at what he said. Um, do you think there's any chance Steph signs a one plus one and oh. puts a little bit of pressure on the front office? Oh. Nah. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now I think that stems from the fact that what Tommy's talking about for our listeners is that. Before his last extension, Lakeup did try to ask Steph for a pay cut. And, and not only that, that. That's where it comes from. It's not only yeah. that. In, in recent interviews, he's been like, you know, as some put, you know, as players are young, they get better. And players that are older, they get worse. And he referenced like <laughs> Joe Montana when talking about <laughs> Steph. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Why are you even mentioning these things? It's, it's ridiculous. Why are you bringing up the name Joe Montana in Bay Area sports when you know the type of stuff that brings it? brings up in fans minds that's an insane thing to say when referencing the reason that the chase center got uh joe yeah is, uh... um <laughs> to, ahead, your, to your point tommy i i think steph's either gonna sign the long-term extension because that's so much money to lock in to your late 30s when i mean he's pretty self-confident in his ability to play but he's not insane to like think he's going to be a max player at 38, you know? Uh, so he's either going to do that or he's going to wait till free agency next year. I just can't see him tacking a year on because if he wants to apply pressure, he might as well be like, you know what? I'm not yep. signing. An just don't sign summer. shit. Just don't yeah. sign anything. If, yeah, if, I, uh, I guess the money doesn't change either way, huh? No, no, it doesn't. He can, the, the reason he would want to sign the contract this year is because Steph has had his 33. Own and he's had his own litany of injuries. Let's be real. All it takes is him to break his hand again next year, and then it becomes really uncomfortable after that. Well, right? well, he would be I, signing a contract at basically the peak of his powers right now. So I, I think it would just it, either way to leverage play, right? It, it would. That's just where it, the contract is going to be there regardless. I guess. No, he, that's not. That's. I guarantee you, it wouldn't be there if he got hurt next year. Like, what's the injury? If he misses half a year, with and what? Thirty-four-year-old, six-two-six-three guard. Is is like he, he, is, it, is is it different for him? Because he's saw, is it different for him? You've been here by half second. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Sam literally gave me an assist. <laughs> was, yeah. I'm just Sorry, saying that's resist. the like. I mean, he he. Don't get me wrong. He'd get paid, but like, there's. I mean, Chris Paul didn't get maxed out. He still got a ton of money. That's all I'm saying. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I, I just, I just thought maybe from a leverage standpoint, he might consider that. But the contract's going to run through thirty-seven, thirty-eight, or whatever he's going to be. I guess he's got to take the money. Um, yeah, or just, know. or play it out till next summer. But like, I, I don't think he's going to do a one-year deal. It's either I'm either committing or I'm going to make you sweat for twelve months. One yeah, or the other. The, the only reason I thought he might do that is just to match what Clay and Draymond still have. Oh, have the, the I, I, I do see what yeah. you, I, I do see what you're saying there. It's kind of like. 
we're all free agents at the same time and we can exactly. decide if we want to run it back together or like call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I think it's, he's either going to, you know, he's either going to do it and, you know, commit to being Mr. Warrior forever or, you know, make them sweat. Anyway, yeah. Tommy, we appreciate it as always. Thanks brother. One. I want, I want him to, I want him to hold on. Don't, don't sign it yet. Make this, don't sign it before the Warriors. Bring, bring him on, Sam. Bring whoever's coming up on. But what I'm trying to say is, make the Warriors make a move before you sign that contract. Let him off sure. the hook. That's a you good callers today. I know. Ryan, what's up, man? Nothing much. Uh, just finals week, so grinding that stuff. But nothing much. Hey, other good than luck that. How you guys? Good luck to you there. Good luck, sir. You're good. Thank you. Uh, All right. Question yeah, for you. Have, who are you rooting have, for? Uh, rooting for in the Euros or what? <laughs> no, of I'm the playing. teams remaining in the playoffs. What, oh, do you, what kind honestly, of chaos are you rooting for? Honestly, right now, I am rooting for Luca to continue to beat the hell out of the Clippers and sort of force them to make a move. That's the only chaos. way I think we're getting our hands on a star is Luca just putting his will on the clippers so that's what i'm rooting for currently i like it okay and then uh i have a comment and one more so question type thing the comment i have is uh what's the the warriors draft is probably going to be barnes and kispert right i I, i've already settled they're not touching they're not taking kispert i'll put i will i will bet money on (laughs) it i will i will bet the pod feed on it even if he shows up in a suit (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I have to have a, if he wears a suit, get out of this uh, bet clause. Okay, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> and then secondly, uh, uh, in regards to team building and the next CBA, because we started talking about that, I'm interested, one proposal I'd have is the issue right now with a lot of teams is currently the Supermax sort of ties them down and takes up a third of their cap. Why not have one max player be alleviated or removed from the cap and sort of this untaxed player? Because a lot of these small market players have to move because the super max simply hampers team building. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, that's a good point. I just I, I would like to point this out. The whole point of the super max is to force is so teams aren't able to stockpile like four max players like they want they want the league to look like what it looks like now where like every two to three years, a new team rises uh, because of kind of, it's hard to build teams. They don't want to make it so that like, you know, a team can just run the show for the next decade. They don't want that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of what the warriors were going to do before KD left. So um, I hear you. Why, how do we get on talking about the CBA and shit? Tonight? I don't know. I don't know. What uh, the hell? Hey, 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 last thing, last thing. Uh, Draymond, uh, real quick, your thoughts. He went off on uh, Fitz because Fitz talked about wanting Andre Iguodala back at the minimum. And so Draymond just said, uh, oh, my God, it's so unfair. We Players can't get, uh, you know, why are we worried about watching their contract? You know, uh, you can't blah, blah, blah. It's just a bunch of bullshit. What did you think about that? What did you think about Draymond's reaction to Fitz uh, saying that he would like Andre Iguodala to play for the Warriors again at a minimum contract? I mean... <laughs> It's a it's okay, so since we're apparently doing CBA talk, this is a good time to remind everyone it's a capped sport. I don't care what anyone makes. I don't care if Steph makes a bazillion dollars or he plays for free. 
Same with Kelly Oubre. Same with Alan Smiley. It's not my money. It's weird to count other people's money. (laughs) What I care about is (laughs) what it does with regards to the Warriors' ability to build a roster. And that's how I think most fans think about it. When, When people are like, ooh, that's an overpay. It's not like they're. It's not like they care that the guy's getting money. It's that they're like, "Oh man, my team just gave a, a bad contract, and now we're not going to be able to trade this guy for four years, and he's not that good, and we're locked into this mediocre roster." That's what people mean by it, and I know Draymond is smart enough to understand <laughs> that. So all he was doing was using this for some performative player empowerment thing, and for that, I say. Have added Draymond because I want to laugh at the people who say, you know, like, yes, sir, you are right. Because there's a segment of people online who will just bootlick Draymond for saying something he knows doesn't matter. And those are the people <laughs> I want to laugh at because I know what Draymond's doing. I don't care. Like, have at it. Try to, try to make all the power moves you can have. Uh, it's the people who are just getting played by him that I just laugh at. Well, I'm sure Andre told him, hey, you know, Andre fleeced the Warriors for 18 mil a year on the last contract. So I'm sure Andre is going to try to do that again next time. But uh, uh, and I'm sure Draymond's part of that, too. But uh, I, I also feel like Draymond's doing the Steve Kerr. You know how Steve Kerr is coming out after shitty ass games he coached and he'd start tweeting about stop Asian hate and shit like that. Got to let alleviate the pressure. And so this time, after we watch Draymond miss a wide open layup to win the game, uh, and in the later nation, give the guy airball a wide open layup that he probably felt like, you know what? I'm gonna go lash out at someone else and put the pressure off of me, right? <laughs> you know, like everybody's gonna start agreeing with me now. It's like relax. Uh, I would like Andre back with the Warriors. I think that'd be cool. So sure. at, at least, you know, at least maybe we'll get that. But the Draymond stuff, can we just give it a rest, man? Can you just work on making open layups next year, please, God? All right. We're going to end it. We're going to end it here. Appreciate everyone who came in. Um, More of these to come. We'll we'll lock into an actual like regular time. Uh, We'll figure that out though. Appreciate y'all. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.